Welcome to A Well-Cared-For Human, the podcast that tries to convince you that you are 100% normal and an even better than okay example of the human species, despite the fact that sometimes we feel like the craziest, most incapable, or worthless creatures on the face of this planet. I'm Corey, an author, a creative, and the host of the show. Whatever you're bringing to the table today, I hope this episode proves to be a dose of inspiration for you on your quest to become a well-cared-for human. You can find the episode show notes, your free wellness blueprint, and more at awellcaredforhuman.com. And as always, thank you for listening. Hello humans, it's your host Corey, and today we're going to talk about suffering. And first of all, I want to be clear up front that I'm not talking about the kind of suffering with a capital S. Nothing like war or famine or enslavement or being tortured across enemy lines as a prisoner. Nothing like that. I'm talking about the kind of suffering that anyone can encounter just by being alive without any extenuating circumstances like a catastrophe needed. Because there's a very basic Buddhist precept, which is to say that to be alive is to suffer, (laughs) which is very cheerful, I know. But we're going to actually look at some of the benefits of suffering today as well, so stay with me. But whenever I'm in physical pain, I'm suffering when I'm struggling with my mental health, when it's not at its best, I'm suffering. When I'm grieving or I'm worried about money, that's suffering. If I'm dealing with the residual effects of my abuse or trauma, whenever I get into a fight with a friend, if I'm feeling lonely, these are all forms of suffering and they're very basic human forms of suffering. Everyone has gone through feelings like this, situations like this. For me, a lot of my suffering comes from not feeling like I'm doing enough. I might be really hard on myself, like, why haven't I achieved this yet? Why haven't I conquered the world yet? Why haven't I realized all of my dreams yet? So that's also a very human expression of suffering. I'm also prone to existential angst. Whenever I'm being very dramatic, I might lie around asking myself really big questions about what does it all mean? Why are we here? How did this happen? Why does this even exist? What's going on? Why are humans so amazing sometimes and so terrible other times? I just become sort of consumed by the (laughs) mysteries of life and the overwhelming burden of ennui. But my point is, is that everyone encounters suffering. It doesn't matter how great or difficult your life is, there is suffering embedded in it. And I want to offer a bit of perspective on that suffering and maybe even provide you with a new way of looking at it, which will hopefully help you to alleviate the burden of your suffering. First of all, I want to remind you that suffering is normal. I always feel like when I'm suffering, it must mean that I've done something wrong or for a long time I felt like I was being punished. Maybe I was a bad person, like this kind of stuff doesn't happen to good people. And so there might be a lot of stories going on in your head about your suffering and why you're suffering. One of the things I tell myself sometimes is I'm suffering because it's my own fault. I made bad decisions or maybe I'm too stupid to solve my own problems. These are all very negative self-talk responses to suffering and it compounds the suffering and makes it worse. None of it is true. So you didn't do anything wrong and there's no reason why you're suffering as in there's no punishment that's being handed down to you. It's simply just something that comes with the experience of living. And so try to remove any blame or shame that you might have around your suffering, first and foremost. Secondly, you could think of your suffering as energy. And this is useful because it frames 
suffering as a very temporary experience, something that's temporary in nature. It reminds us that suffering is not constant. It might feel constant or it might feel like it's been going on forever. But if you have any kind of attention span, like I do, (laughs) you might actually forget that you're miserable for a few minutes or even a whole hour or even a day or two when you're at your worst. So it's not constant in the sense that it's every minute, every day, forever and ever. Even when I was at my most depressed, I would go to sleep and I would wake up and there would be a few minutes in the morning before I kind of fully came to my senses where I wasn't feeling that depression or I wasn't feeling that misery. So think of that as the true radar of suffering in the sense that it's not constant. It's just energy. And if we think of suffering as energy, then we can stop doing the things that obstruct that energy, that keep it stuck in our bodies or our minds and our lives. And then we can start doing other things, transformative practices that will help that energy move through us to pass right through our minds or our bodies or experiences and right out of our lives. (laughs) Get rid of it as fast as possible. Because the reality is that most of us don't let the suffering just pass through us. Instead, we freak out about it. We make up a lot of stories about why we're suffering. We make things worse. And there are a lot of things that we do to make our suffering worse. So for example, we might go into denial. We might avoid or denial the existence of our suffering, which can keep us from seeking help or addressing the underlying issues of our suffering. We might be avoidant of our suffering, refusing to confront or deal with the sources of our suffering, which can also prolong it or make it more intense. We might self-isolate, withdrawing from the people around us, keeping ourselves away from other people, and this definitely intensifies our feelings of loneliness and despair. I know that I personally have a tendency to self-isolate when I'm suffering. Because of my history, I have this experience of often being hurt by people, being hurt by the people I love, and so the way to protect myself was to withdraw from everyone so people couldn't hurt me. But that's not really processing the energy of suffering because what makes suffering less difficult is that feeling of connection, that feeling of being supported. And so it was counterproductive to my actual true need, which was connection. I've definitely fallen back on substance abuse, so using drugs or alcohol in the past to numb my emotional pain. So any kind of addiction cycle that will definitely worsen the physical and mental burden of suffering. I've also relied on self-harm in the past, so engaging in self-destructive behaviors such as cutting myself that was actually escalating my suffering. But at the time, it was me telling myself that actually I was reconnecting with my body. I was trying to fight against the numbness, that kind of thing, but that was actually again, escalating the suffering rather than resolving it. So as I mentioned earlier in the episode, we have a tendency to blame ourselves for our suffering. We have a tendency to tell ourselves that it's all our fault, either we're making bad choices or we're doing something wrong or we deserve it, which is definitely not healthy and it's not true. It's blatantly just not true. We also ruminate, so obsessively thinking about our problems without seeking resolutions that can prolong our suffering and increase our stress and anxiety because we're really building things up. We're going over it again and again, basically making it really big in our minds. So it could just be, I don't know, 20% suffering, but because we're so hyper-focused on it and we crowd out everything else in our life, it just feels huge and all-encompassing. And so that makes it feel a lot bigger and that makes the situation a lot worse. We can also blame other people. Maybe we're holding on to resentment or blaming them for causing our suffering or which can then lead to like a victim mentality or hindering our ability to get out of it because it kind of creates this false narrative that we're stuck and that someone else is keeping us stuck. 
We also tend to neglect our self-care when we feel like we're suffering, so we'll start to ignore basic self-care practices. Maybe we'll stop eating well, or we'll stop exercising, or our sleep is terrible. We also might fail to set boundaries, so failing to establish healthy boundaries with other people can result in overcommitment and stress, and that compounds our sense of suffering. Catastrophizing, so magnifying the problems, kind of what I was saying about the rumination, if we keep making things bigger and bigger in our minds. We start to expect the worst. We start to look for it everywhere. The anxiety grows. The fear grows. Other things that I tend to do when I'm suffering that makes my suffering worse (laughs) that I'm especially guilty of are overworking and perfectionism, which I have episodes on both. But overworking is focusing excessively on my work in one sense to distract myself from my suffering, but also it makes it worse. Now I'm like tumbling toward burnout. I'm neglecting other aspects of my life. I feel like everything is always about work. I'm getting really stressed out. There's a lot of stress that gets held in my body. I stopped taking good care of myself. So overworking is also not the answer. (laughs) Uh, Perfectionism, the other one, striving for these unattainable levels of perfection, everything being perfect all the time, definitely is a recipe for stress and being too hard on myself and making my situation worse by really blowing it out of proportion. Or just giving myself a lot of rules that aren't true. So it's like, well, you have to do this, this, and this for it to count. Or this, this, and this for it to even matter. And like, I don't need to make something that's hard, harder on myself (laughs) by making up all these extra rules about how I have to do it. And that's just unfair to me. We can also make things worse for ourselves by comparing ourselves to other people. So I'm also very guilty of this, where I'm constantly looking at where I am or what my life looks like. And I look at someone else who I feel like is, quote, in a better place. And I'm like, oh, see, why don't I have that? Or why can't I do that? Or why haven't I achieved that? And that comparison definitely amplifies the suffering. And it's unnecessary because everyone's on their own path. There's no life out there that someone's living that does not have suffering in it. So me being like, oh, I wish I had their life. What, do I want their version of suffering? (laughs) Because they're also suffering. So why would I want to trade this for that? So basically, if we can avoid doing any or all of these things that make suffering worse, and not everyone does all of them. I tried to have a pretty big range of different kinds of tactics, but you'll know which ones it is that you're prone to doing. Like maybe you're an overworking perfectionist, for example, or maybe you drink a little too much on the evenings when you've had a bad day, whatever it is. But if we can refrain from doing these things that make it worse, that will leave us more space to kind of correct the suffering itself, Because it's much more likely that the suffering will pass more quickly, it won't get stuck, either stuck in our heads, stuck in our minds, creating more negative self-talk, or stuck in our bodies, having a lot of tension in our bodies, feeling really sick to our stomach. I think I've mentioned before I have a lot of digestive issues when I'm too stressed, when I have too much going on, like I feel sick to my stomach. But let's say that you do manage to refrain from making it worse. That still leaves you with the terribleness of the suffering itself, the initial suffering. And there's a reason why we consider suffering to be so awful. It sucks. <laughs> it's, it sucks to suffer. And so that's why we try to do all those things I just mentioned in order to get away from it. It's because it's not great. It's terrible. We don't like it. We don't want to be near it. We don't want to experience it. And It doesn't matter that those other tactics make it worse. We're just willing to do anything we can to escape those terrible feelings. And so I better give you some pretty good reasons to stick with the suffering. (laughs) 
<laughs> right? Because if I don't give you any reasons to stick it out, you're like, Corey, no, I want to escape. I don't want to surrender. I don't care what you're telling me. I want to get the heck out of here. But I promise it really will pass more quickly if you can practice refraining from it, from building it up, from making it worse. And that does mean that you have to sit with the awfulness of suffering. So let me give you some reasons for staying put without obstructing it. Let's call these benefits of suffering. So one of the things that I do to help me be more comfortable with my suffering is to focus on the benefits of suffering. So things I can just remind myself like, yeah, this sucks, but I'm getting X, Y, and Z out of it. So, you know, I'll just put up with it for a little while. And so that puts it much more in the realm of empowerment because I feel like I have a choice. I'm choosing to face my suffering in this way. That's much more empowering than say, oh God, this is just suffering. I'm feeling more like I'm being bowled over, being consumed. I'm a victim of my my suffering. And so I just tell myself that there are benefits to it. And then some of the benefits that I remind myself of are resilience building. So enduring suffering helps me to develop more resilience, which I've talked about that quite a bit on the podcast already. But if you're maybe this is the very first episode you're ever listening to, if so, welcome. Thank you for joining us. But it's the ability to bounce back from difficult situations. So resilience is what makes you indestructible. And so resilience teaches us how to be adaptable, how to persevere in the face of challenges. And it's exactly situations like this where you're suffering that builds that resilience. So if I'm suffering, I can just be like, oh, this is not comfortable, but you know what? It's making me more resilient. It's making me tougher for next time. And so I feel a little bit more confident, a little bit more capable of temporarily dealing with this suffering. I might also tell myself that this is an opportunity for character development. <laughs> but, you know, at this point, there's definitely moments where I feel like I don't want to build any more to my character. I feel like my character is fully formed. <laughs> but I will try to tell myself, oh, this is great for character development because suffering often requires that we confront difficult emotions, that we become braver, that we get to know parts of ourselves that we weren't aware of before. It requires a bit of self-reflection, a bit of self-awareness. And these are all ingredients for personal growth. That's something that I can focus on instead of and be like, well, you know, again, suffering is not comfortable, but here's a benefit of it. And then one that I've really been focusing on lately is empathy and compassion. So I feel like we can never have enough empathy and compassion in the world. This is just my personal opinion. Absolutely feel free to disagree with me. But I feel like there is a lack of empathy and compassion in the world where we don't feel for other people's suffering. We don't feel empathetic and compassionate towards the suffering of others, to what they're going through. And, you know, I've told you that story about my mom and what had happened to her and many people did feel very compassionate to her but there were other people who were like oh here's just another white trash person that was obviously very devastating to read but at the same time it just really drove home for me this idea that not everybody is sympathetic to the suffering of other people and so I don't want to be that kind of person I don't want to be closed off and closed-hearted like my dad so my dad again narcissistic narcissistic personality disorder and so he lives his life in a very small little bubble without extending empathy or compassion towards others it's like a self-protective mechanism and so I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be close-hearted. I think all of my power and my strength lies in my big heart. And so when I'm suffering, that is a prime opportunity to develop more empathy and compassion because I can reach out and think about other people who are dealing with what I'm dealing with because we're never suffering 
alone. Whatever it is that you're dealing with that's suffering. Maybe you got a divorce or someone that you love died or maybe you're really sick and you're really mad at your body right now because you can't do the things you love and you can't move the way you want and you don't know what your future looks like. You know, whatever it is, whatever the source of your suffering is, it's terrible, but it's not unique. Like there is someone out there dealing with exactly what you're dealing with, no matter how strange or uncommon you think it might be. And so you can always take that moment and be like, you know, there's someone out there who feels exactly how I feel right now. And I just hope that they have a great day or I hope that their pain is not as bad as mine today. And so there's this opportunity to really develop this connection to other people and to this human experience. And so I try to remind myself of that whenever I encounter suffering. I'm like, this is the stuff that will keep my heart open, that will keep me strong, that will keep me loving in nature rather than closed hearted and cold. I also allow suffering to help me prioritize my values. And so what I mean by that is suffering can prompt us to really think about what matters, to focus on what is really important to us. And it kind of clarifies for me, maybe my greater sense of purpose or my direction in life, things that I don't want to waste time on. (laughs) I don't know, suffering just kind of makes you have laser focus. At least that's been my experience. Maybe that's not true for you. But for me, suffering makes me really think about what's important. And so I can see it as an opportunity or even as an invitation to look at the things that matter to me and maybe re prioritize my time, reprioritize my resources. It's also an invitation to practice problem solving. So suffering usually has some kind of cause or situation. It's either a complex challenge that requires a lot of different sort of skills or it's a more simple challenge, but whatever it is, It allows me to think about how I'm going to solve that source of suffering. Not all suffering is fixable. I don't want to give you false hope. Not all suffering is fixable, but sometimes, you know, suffering is something that can directly be addressed. So for example, if you are in a really toxic work environment, you can start making a plan for how you're going to get out of there because obviously it's not good for you and it's causing you a lot of suffering and misery. So what are you going to do to get out? Like you need to get out. Sometimes our suffering is a cue that something needs to change, that we need to do something. Also, our suffering can lead to really amazing bonds. And I'm not talking about toxic trauma bonds. (laughs) I want to be clear on that. I'm not talking about toxic trauma bonds, but sometimes when other people have had shared experiences, we can foster deeper connections between people. We can form support networks. We can find strength in other people in our bonds with other people during difficult times. And so, for example, if I'm really suffering and then I have a sit down, I have a little tete-a-tete, like a chat with my wife and I'm like, oh, I'm really struggling with this right now. Or with one of my friends, I'm like, oh my God, this is really like kicking my ass right now. I just can't get out from underneath it. You know, that's a chance for them to be very loving and compassionate and supportive toward me and that deepens our relationship. So your suffering also, again, opens this doorway for connection to other people when we're vulnerable with people, when we confess how we feel or how we're struggling. That is an invitation to deepen those connections that will make us feel safer and stronger and more loved. Suffering can also be a catalyst for personal growth and for self-improvement. I mean, I definitely was very motivated to change my life because I was suffering, because I was so 
traumatized and broken down by my difficult family circumstances growing up. I mean, you can't be raised by addicts, rapists, murderers, <laughs> and not have issues, right? So I was really suffering. I was having a really hard time. And it was because I was in so much pain that I was so serious about turning my life around, about making things better and building an entirely different life for myself. And so suffering can be very motivational. It can drive us to get help, to seek therapy or counseling. It can drive us to make different choices, to seek radical solutions to our difficult situations. And so sometimes suffering is the catalyst we need to get out of something really terrible. And also suffering is a basis for a lot of my gratitude and appreciation in life. After experiencing a lot of suffering, now I'm just so grateful that my life isn't like that anymore. I have this really deep appreciation of all the good things that are in my life now that I didn't have, the friends that I have now that I didn't have, the family that I have now that I didn't have before, the loving marriage, the peaceful home life. It means so much to me that I feel safe at home, which is something I just did not experience for the first 25 years of my life. And so suffering can also be the bedrock for a deep, gratitude and appreciation in the new things that we experience or when we escape our suffering. It really gives us perspective for the things that are beautiful and loving and worth living for. And there's a hard truth, which is that we're going to suffer anyway. Being alive means the occasional dance with suffering. And so if we're going to go through it anyway, if we're going to have these moments in our life when we're suffering, when we're struggling with something, we might as well go through it on our own terms. And if you do run from your suffering, which is a very human reaction, if you find yourself negative self-talking yourself, if you find yourself denying or avoiding or falling into an addiction cycle or harming yourself, any of those things that make it worse, you can give yourself a break. Because again, that's a pretty predictable human thing to do and just recommit to trying next time. And that's it for today, dear human. As always, I hope you found this episode useful. And if you would like to write into the show today and ask for my thoughts on something that you're dealing with, I would love to hear from you through any of my social media or through my email at cory at coriamshrum.com. Otherwise, I will be back next week with another episode of A Well-Cared-For Human. And until then, please take good care of you. This episode of A Well-Cared-For Human was written and produced by me, Cory Marie. The music was by Late Night Feeler and Esther Abrami. If you like what I'm doing here, please consider visiting my Patreon. For as little as a dollar a month, you get early ad-free access to the episodes, as well as a monthly patrons-only Q&A, bonus videos, and more. Not to mention that your Patreon support lets me know that you find value in the show and want it to continue. You can find me on Patreon by visiting www.patreon.com forward slash Marie. If you can't support the show financially, that is okay. You can still subscribe to the show, leave a review of the show, and recommend the show to your friends, not just the neurotic ones. All of this helps so much. And as always, thank you for listening.